Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to a special West Coast edition of Mad Money, coming to you from one market in San Francisco. Welcome to Kramerica. Uh, Do you want to make friends? I'm just trying to make you a little money. My job is not just to entertain, but to educate and to teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC. Tweet me, Jim Kramer. The promise of artificial intelligence, it's here. But how about the profits? I'm calling them elusive. That's my takeaway from what I've seen this week at Dreamforce. That's the world's largest AI festival. Brought to you by Salesforce. So many companies are going to be judged by how well they incorporate AI, meaning the market's forces will often be controlled by this huge chasm between hope and reality, which at times seems as wide as the Grand Canyon. Worrisome. So after sedate day where the Dow slipped 70 points, that's to be inched up 0.12%, NASDAQ advanced 0.29%. We need to talk about the state of artificial intelligence. I came out here to figure out how much of AI is hype and how much could be real. I matched up with about two dozen executives out here and IT professionals, by the way, and I've reached a conclusion in search of an answer. My conclusion? The use cases for AI, I mean the profitable ones, are almost entirely uninteresting, unseen, soporific but they work. They're invisible to the naked eye, yes, unless you're a chief financial officer. In short, this is an incredible technology for executives looking for cost savings. But for everybody else, it's borderline meaningless, at least when it comes to earnings, for now, although it can be a lot of fun. Let me make this point from the outset. Artificial intelligence is the dominant theme of this market and possibly the economy as a whole. Yeah, it's that big. It's kind of the point where the Senate's holding closed-door hearings on the topic. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer bringing in AI's brightest lights, including Tesla's Elon Musk, NVIDIA's Jensen Wong, Meta's Mark Zuckerberg, and Sam Altman from OpenAI to talk about AI regulation. This array of the world's richest people being called in Washington should not be lost on you. AI is too powerful to let go unchecked, especially when we have no idea what it could do down the road, possibly a great deal. And if unchecked, not all of it good. But this show is not man regulation. It's man money. For us, what matters is whether artificial intelligence can help companies make or save money. And right now, it's a mixed bag. Therefore, it's a mixed bag for stocks. AI is already about to have a profound impact on the bottom line. But the operative term here is about. It's not having a big impact yet. Why? Well, it turns out that harnessing AI is really expensive up front. So the only company that's really making a fortune on it at this very moment is NVIDIA because their chips are the upfront cost. Even for them, it's not a cakewalk. NVIDIA's Jensen Wong spent billions of dollars over the years developing these super fast, incredibly powerful graphics cards that when bundled can handle any amount of data expressed in terms of, frankly, it implies something that's way too big for our minds to comprehend. 
a lot of flops. You can't really reap the benefits of exploring and questioning your own data. Yes, you question it in plain English, no less, which is why NVIDIA is selling billions of dollars worth of these cards to anyone who can afford them. But who can really afford them? How about Amazon, Meta, Oracle? I'd be really gigantic, which is, by the way, Oracle's been hurt by the build-out costs. NVIDIA simply cannot make enough of these chips to meet demand. Call it a high-quality problem. Everyone else, though, they're just ramping up. They're just finding out. They're just learning. And you don't get paid by customers to learn. So then, why have hope? Simple, because even though AI might be boring to the consumer, the enterprise use cases are so palpably obvious that businesses would be nuts not to embrace it. Take the banks. They have a huge number of employees and end up with a gigantic number of wasted man hours. But Salesforce's generative AI platform, Einstein, which is being used by a lot of the biggest banks, can draw up simple loan documents, freeing up a huge amount of time for loan officers to go out and write more lucrative loans. You can ask Einstein in plain English whether there's a good chance the borrower might default, and it'll give you a helpful, more accurate answer than any person you're organization, given that your data has billions of pieces of information that can give bank insight, can give banks insight into potential default, what can they do? Well, they can cut down the number of mistaken bad loans from the get-go. And because Einstein, that little genius, understands all sorts of languages and doesn't need code to ask questions, there's a whole layer of people who can be laid off when the banks start using the platform. Low code, no code equals fewer expensive hires who produce no sales, a la Deadwood. You can see a dramatic increase in efficiency at J.P. Morgan or Bank of America, say, because they're heavy users of this kind of technology. That's huge, because right now banks trade more on efficiency ratios than any other metric, including that so-called net interest margin that everyone used to talk about. You might think making banks more efficient is the most boring use case imaginable, and it sure is. But I'll, uh, let me do one better. Let me really put you to sleep. Insurance. What matters most to insurance companies? Precise data that lets them make precise decisions on who to sell insurance to and how much it should cost to them. Everybody's different. Take a look at the stock of Progressive. A rocket ship on fire. I think that's because it uses its own data and using generative AI more than almost any other insurance company. You can figure out risk far more effectively than the smartest people in the industry. Therefore, Progressive makes far fewer mistakes while writing insurance policies. That will be immediately and surprisingly positive, probably even this quarter. That's what the stock seems to be saying to me, and, uh, but it is among the least exciting stories in the world. Now, you can say the same for another real boring one, car dealers who want to price and risk for auto financing. Again, huge saving. I think the drug companies could save billions of dollars in research costs because they have so much predictive data. It's just that the human brain isn't big enough to process it. You take humans out of the equation, you let AI go to work. And drug companies will be able to make much better decisions about whether to go or no go forward with incredibly expensive clinical trials. You just don't see the benefit here unless you're running a business yourself. Yet you can get terrific margin expansion, which is what happens when companies replace lots of non-revenue generating employees with machines. Machines, by the way, that make far fewer mistakes and can pivot really quickly if they do unlike humans. Most of my other attempts to plumb the canyon between the reality of AI and the height yield lots of once-in-a-lifetime claims that AI can help every business. But those claims need and were not backed up in my that I saw by results. I actually think Salesforce has the ability to explode its earnings higher after showing off Einstein's capabilities, getting a lot of contracts, because I met users who are thrilled so far with what they've seen. For instance, we're going to hear from one of you. Uh, we're going to hear from Laura Albert. She's the CEO of Williams-Sonoma. Later tonight, AI is actually helping her grow sales. That's what you really need is top-line growth. It knows your shopping tendencies. It knows to send you enticements to buy a Breville toaster because you shelled out 1500 bucks for a Breville coffee maker to create fabulous espresso martinis. And don't forget to add the Baileys. 
Now, I'd say that Williams is already harvesting AI very effectively, but I think Williams-Sonoma may be a very special case because for years the company's been a digital-first retailer, reaching you wherever you might be. Not many others can make that claim or have enough digital data for you. Perhaps the biggest winner from AI, it might be, this is incredible, it might be the Federal Reserve. In the end, generative AI is about eliminating the waste and friction of commerce. Yes, it's about productivity. That means doing more with less. As Jeff Lawson, the CEO of Twilio, told us out here, it means getting 10 times as much done for one-tenth the cost. I like those ratios. Music to the Fed's ears. Yes, the Fed loves to hear that. Just what they needed after we saw a slightly higher than expected consumer price index number today. Bottom line, the use cases for AI, they may not be exciting. But they're giving us one more reason to keep owning some really high-quality stocks because these productivity improvements will show up in the numbers someday. No, not quite yet, but certainly soon enough to make the market go higher if it's used and produce stocks that you can own for the long term. I'm taking calls. I am going to Luke in Maryland. Luke! Hello. Hello. All right, um, Luke. So, yeah. I was wondering, uh, what are your thoughts on like the Nike stock? Is it a definite buy? Should I hold? What's Nike is low for? energy, Luke. It's got very low energy. And I don't see the stock doing much at all because, frankly, it has low energy. Can I go to Bill in Massachusetts, please, Bill? Professor Kramer, booyah. Oh, man, I always like to get tenure. I mean, it's incredible. You have it for a lifetime. That's what's so great about it. Don't have to even teach, teach kids. What's up, there Bill? There you go. Uh, I'm a second-year club member, fourth-time calling. The access to you is just incredible for club members. I love it. Bill, I love I wouldn't have set up the club if I didn't like to talk to the club members. I mean, uh, I'm walking down the street on Wall Street, and I see people. I say, man, you ought to join a club. Yeah, they asked me about a couple of stocks. Just join the club. How can I help? I, was, I wanted to ask you about how and if uh, AI could help DuPont. All right, that's a great question. Uh, and let me tell you, I'm going to give you an answer that's pretty straight. The guy who runs it is Ed Breen, okay? Ed Breen is going to figure out a way, because Ed Breen's one of the smartest CEOs in the country. He, if someone says to him, listen, and he's surrounded by young people who are really smart, I think we could do well in resins and printing and medical devices if we use AI, he would say, okay, let's go sit down with Benioff. As a matter of fact, he's a Philadelphian. He was a neighboring school district for me in my class. I may have to give him a call. I'm going to give him a jingle tell me I ought to do some AI. I like that call. Mario in New York. Mario. Hi, Jim. Good Mario. to talk to you. What's happening? Jim, my wife and I listen to you all the time. You're our favorite guy to listen, watch. It's Thank you. Okay, Thank you. listen. The question right. I have. About a few months back, I was watching your show, and I noticed one of the stocks you liked was Wingstop. Okay. They, yeah, Mary, Wingstop's terrific. I mean, it's had a couple. You know, it's had a couple of weeks that were down. I mean, it had a gigantic buyback. It's then walked away. The food stocks are going not so good. There are people talking about it having a death cross. I mean, give me a break. Wingstop is one of the high. Try to get one of those franchises. It's the toughest franchise in the world to get. And they're expanding all over the country. I like them. The use cases for AI may not be exciting, but they're giving us one more reason to keep owning quality stocks on Mad Money tonight. SoFi stock has been hit in the last month, erasing all of its post-quarter gains. Are investors getting a buying opportunity in the tech-based stock that did double after we had them on last time? I'm going to check with the CEO. Then Williams-Sonoma, as I just mentioned, can add a dash of spice to your home. 
How about your portfolio? Don't miss my exclusive for the company's top brass. And when we came out here to San Francisco, we like to get to know disruptive private technology companies that could signal where the industry is headed. So tonight I'm sitting down with the founder and CEO of Discord to see how the social media app is shaking up the space. So stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is Constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash mad money. Just go to Indeed.com slash mad money right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mad money. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The last time we checked in with SoFi Technologies, the disruptive digital banks, its stock had plunged to five bucks and change in response to a widely panned earnings report and the many banking crisis. But after speaking to CEO Anthony Dotto, I can't wait to feel just as bullish as ever. I hope you listened to that interview because the stock quickly caught fire afterwards. In fact, SoFi stock jumped 20% in a single session when reported at the end of July, 11 bucks and change. Although much of that, you can say, is short covering. It's now back to nine. In the last month, it's been hard hit, like all the banks, by rising long-term interest rates. I get that. And Wall Street's now worried about the pace of loan growth the entire industry. Probably some profit-taking involved. Uh, but remember, this stock doubled since we had Anthony on. And to me, that's what matters. That's what, in our business, counts. SoFi's now raised its entire post-quarter earnings and then some. Sure, I think you're getting a truly terrific set of numbers for free. Don't take it from me. Let's take a closer look with a man who came on the show 
and answer tough questions. The stock has been trading 4545. Told us he wouldn't need to issue equity. Told us the quarter was going to be great and the year would be great. And you were dead right. And you stood up to the short sellers. That matters to me. Welcome back, Anthony Noto. Jim, thanks for having me. All right, so now, during a very tough period in banking, for a lot of banks, I mean, honestly, you guys have grown consecutive, nine consecutive quarters of revenue growth. You're about to become gap profitable. Everyone else is going the other way. You're going forward. How's that possible? It's possible because we have a one-stop shop for your financial needs, and we've seen very strong demand for financial products. Rising rates, a couple of banks going out of business, the fact that the cost of credit card debt is higher, and the opportunity to invest in new things has caused people to look for other options. And because we are a one-stop shop, we're going to be at the top of the list for that. One of our products is incredibly differentiated right now. Our checking and savings account provides 4.5% interest. The ability to get up to $2 million of FDIC insurance, which is really important after we saw the demise of two banks. And then you can spend as much as you want with no limit and not have to keep the money in the bank. Now, you're, you're a creative banker, but none of those things is going to hurt your earnings. They're all going to be additive because the number of clients you bring in. How come other banks... No, no, you've been in banking. I'm going to ask this. You don't have to say, well, I don't speak for the other guys. But your bank has real growth. The other guys seem to be content with not growing their account base. How is that possible? Yeah, we're able to grow because of a couple of reasons. One, we're going after a demographic that's been largely underserved. Right. And we're giving them products that are going to meet their needs for the major financial decisions in their lives and the days in between. We can save them a considerable amount of money through personal loans to offset their credit card debt, which is rising in interest rates and the amount. We can also help them refinance their student loans at a lower rate if they qualify. And then, of course, giving them great options. As I mentioned, checking and savings, they get 4.5% interest. We're also offering IPOs and invest and giving them access to products they wouldn't otherwise get. Okay, but here's what I don't understand. Your, your FICO score is 745. Average income is 164,000. These, these should be the clients everybody wants. But they come to you, even though you're new, you're, you're not a bank that's been in business for 100 years. There is something else that I'm trying. It's, it's almost an ethos. I think people always understand. People like being a member. Well, we're mobile first, and we also provide this member relationship. So when you use our products, you become a member. We give you a free certified financial planner. We can give you free career advice. All of our products are available on our phone, easily accessible at any point in time. So you can pay when you want, how you want. And essentially, we're helping people get their money right because we help them borrow better, save better, spend better, protect better. Now, you also, uh, I think, do something that people were concerned about. You mentioned in, in, in passing people thought, oh, my God, these guys are never going to come back because there's never going to be payments again for a student loan. That had been how we first knew SoFi before you. Then rates go really high. Now, you said you can help people get a lower rate, even though we know that rates are high. One of the products that we offer is unsecured personal loan. So those with credit card debt are consolidating that variable cost debt into fixed cost debt over specific terms so they can pay it down over time. Our student loan refinancing product provides the same thing. If you have a student loan, you want to lower your monthly payment, you're able to do that either via lower rate or extending the term. There are always trade-offs with those decisions, but we're giving people that opportunity to get their money right through a variety of different vehicles, and that's very appealing to them. Are you doing anything with artificial intelligence that you can make these judgments about so many people? You have a huge membership to be able to make it so that your risk is protected? Sure. We're using artificial intelligence in three ways. One, our technology platform, where we enable 135 million accounts in the United States and 8 billion transactions a year. We're using artificial intelligence for those partners to reduce the instance of fraud. 
We have a okay. payment response. You have platform. a fraud alert system immediate? We have, we're using uh, machine learning and artificial okay. intelligence and the data from 8 billion transactions to identify fraud at the transaction level. We're also using it in customer service to reduce the number of contacts per customer and time to resolution in a product called Connecta. Um, and then we're using it on the SoFi app itself to, to really personalize your home feed to answer three questions every day for you. What must you do in your financial life? What should you do and what can you do? And because we have these breadth of products, we can give you real solutions to real money problems, whether it's saving money or getting a better return on high interest or finding a place to make investments in a diversified portfolio. Are any of these answers that, to those questions uh, generative AI? Because they would be hard every day to come up with. Like, I mean, yeah, you need a team of economists that, that you would ruin your bottom line. We have a significant amount of people that are experts in okay. computer science as well as data science, and we're using their knowledge and capability and this great data source to help train models. Now, I, I know that a lot of pundits are saying, you know what, the consumer's really tapped out. I've been hearing this. Now, Brian Moynihan disagree with that. Uh, but you, you sound like the things are robust. Well, we're really stealing share from the big banks. And so we've been able to add more than $2 billion of deposits uh, in each quarter since getting our bank license. And we reported in Q2, we remain confident that we could add $2 billion plus each quarter, and we're on track to do that. We're also seeing the networking benefits of having this large installed base, so our marketing is becoming more efficient, people are more aware of us, and we're driving better cross-buy. So we've started to see the compounding impact on our member and product growth in Q2, and we're seeing it really continue in Q3. Now, is it helped by the fact that you talked openly? Listen, uh, you might be able to get some Instacart. Does that matter? IPOs. I can't mention any specific IPO, but we do have an IPO store, and IPOs are available for those that want to get IPO at IPO prices, and we're making it available to the common retail investor as opposed to just high net wealth. But will it be only deals that uh, will not be hot? I mean, you think you, you, you came out of a Goldman background. You know that there's some deals that people should want and some deals that may work out. I mean, are you going to be able to get in on deals that we know are meant to be hot? Um, we've been pretty successful at participating in some of the more popular IPOs over the last couple of cycles, and we'll provide investors with a prospectus to make their own opinion on whether those are great investments or not. Um, we can't obviously talk about them in broad media like this, so I would encourage people to go to our app and look at the IPO store and see what's available with their prospectus with all the important considerations inside of that. You have really smart members. Can some of them who have good businesses come to you and have you underwrite their IPO? Uh, they, we, in fact, are in some cases underwriters and in some cases we're a selling agent. Um, and that would be outlined. But it in would the be S1. amazing if you were the guy, you know, you, you could be the bank of choice. You know how to do it really well. You would be able to have a great number of members who might want a piece of a yeah. deal. It could be advantageous for everybody. You, as you mentioned, we do think we have a very attractive base that makes long, great long term investors. Yeah. And that's what we bring to the table for those that are issuing in a, an initial public offering. Well, responsible and helping people. And that's a model that you and I both know will always work in this country. That's Anthony Noto, SoFi Technology CEO and a person who came on this show when everyone felt that his bank was just going to do really poorly. He said, no, I'm here to tell you it won't. And he backed it up with real numbers. More money's back in the break. Thanks, Jim. Coming up, Investors are gaga for AI and tech, chips, and furniture? Cozy up to this company's plan to catch the couch potatoes napping, next. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, 
The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Well, the last few months have been tough for most retailers, but not all retailers. Take Williams-Sonoma, the high-quality home products chain, also owns West Elm and Pottery Barn, among many others. The company is supposed to be in bad shape. Lots of promotional activity, a disempowered consumer, you name it. But late last month, Williams-Sonoma reported a strong quarter, including some tremendous margin growth and earnings, and left their full-year earnings forecast unchanged. As a result, the stock jumped 13% in a single session, and it's held on those gains over the following couple of weeks. The darn thing's now up nearly 24% for the year, very close to a 52-week high. Right now, though, we're watching Williams-Sonoma because they just announced a partnership with Salesforce to deliver more targeted and personalized customer experiences via Einstein. They're the keynote customer. This week's Dreamforce conference spent a lot of time looking at their booths, seeing what they're up to. I think it's going to make an already good story into something even more compelling earlier today. We spoke with Laura Albert, the reliable president and CEO of Williams-Sonoma. Take a look. Laura, welcome back to Mad Money. Good to be here. Okay, so uh, Mark Benioff shows us around Dreamforce, and the first thing he does is make a beeline to the incredible set that you guys have. But he did not exactly describe to me how you use Einstein. It's awesome. I mean, we um, really have always been, as you know, a customer company, a company that focuses on service. And that's been in our heritage since Chuck started Williams-Sonoma 70 years ago. And, you know, so much has changed, but the thing that remains the same is service. And so what we're excited about with AI is the ability to accelerate our service initiatives. And so it's everything from how we sell, whether it's a personalized email or on our site, we built our own auto-recommendation engine that gives you an idea of something else you may like. Um, to also our design services. So I don't know if you know, but we have a 3D room planner. And we're now feeding it with our best designers' rooms so that it helps you put things together when you're decorating your room based on other successful designs. So what you may be doing, because you're a digital-first company, is you have more data than, almost, than probably anyone else in retail, you can suggest... I don't want to say that I don't have taste, but I would like to have my taste informed by others who have great taste. I can get that. Well, also, we're not just a furniture company. We're a life stage company, right? right? So whether it's first baby, wedding, first house, all those things are celebrations um, of life that change how you live in your house and also the seasonal holidays. And so these are all things that we want to be able to talk to you about. And if you're a big gift giver and we know you like to drink tequila, we would like to proactively send you products that we think will delight you. Proactively, so even without my... Yes. Well, that's, that is terrific. Now, if I'm back to school and I want to know what my dorm room should look like, you can help. Yes. We love the dorm 
opportunity. It's been a big initiative of ours because, you know, nobody's really doing it well. There's no. some people who left <laughs> the whole no. market, and it leaves a big open Gosh. space for us to come in and give you soup to nuts, great quality product at a, a good value that all works together. Now, one of the things I've seen, your stock is just a few points from its all-time high, and one of the things that Mark has been stressing to me is companies have been able to use us instantly, not 20, 24, 25, to get a good return yes. on investment, but also build margin expansion because it's just easier to have the reiterative data than it is to have lots of different clerks trying to figure this out. Yeah, well, the other thing that's really important about what's going on with margins with us, mm-hmm. in addition to regular price selling, and the focus on the right price the first time. We're also improving our service model because last year the pandemic caused right. so many issues with supply chain. And so we had to put our service on pause as we fought through what was a very difficult environment. And now we can not only you know, expect more from all of our partners, but also we can take it to the next level and work on things with AI to make our service better, but also improve our profits. Do you, are you surprised that other retailers have been a little bit slower to pick up, or is it uh, AI, or they just don't have the data that you have? I'm not sure. You know, we've always, because of our large DTC percent to total right. business, we've been very tech-oriented. We've always said we want to lead the industry in retail tech. And so we have a lot of great engineers working for us and data scientists and um, it's in our DNA to be entrepreneurial, not just on product, but also on software. Right. Now, one of the things I saw, uh, maybe this was from the pandemic, is I looked and says, I happen to have the, uh, the Breville coffee maker, and I have it everywhere, and it's just really unbelievable, and it's fantastic for, yes, it's true, a 4 o'clock on Saturday pickup by having an espresso martini. But I see a Sam Spillman, a barista of great note, giving me classes, virtual classes. Uh, you could comp me if, um, for one of those classes because you know I bought a bunch of these. Uh-huh. And those classes are very effective. They really train people on things they're already interested in. Right. And back to your espresso martini, what a fantastic thing that is. I well, mean, well, I suggested it to you, so yes. you followed up with me. Yes, and also... <laughs> but um, it was Lisa's idea. And also, there. also, also, the Breville Company is so innovative. They're an example... Of, an inc- of a company that really thinks about what the customer wants and right. does things a little bit differently. See, I, I, one of the things that I think is that you're doing that most aren't is giving an instance of business to consumer for AI. Most of the ones that I've heard out here are an insurance company talking to a, a, uh, an auto finance company. This is obviously the, the most, I think, sophisticated use I've seen mm-hmm. of AI for individuals. You are quite unusual in doing this stuff. Well, I think it makes it easier to understand, too, right, what the use case actually is. How does it, I mean, if you're going to trust anything and you're going to use it, it needs to be helpful, needs to add value, and it can't do any harm, right? And so that's, as we think about how we want to use it, we are trying to accelerate our initiatives to better serve you. Now, one of the things that you taught me was during the COVID period, if you wanted very quickly to turn a room into an office or another kind of room because you're working at home, you guys were ideal. And then I guess it hit a peak where you could only order so much. Are things now coming back because the, because it's very clear that the margins were, the, I don't know, among the best I've ever seen for your company? Mm-hmm. Well, that was a really different time for a lot of reasons, as we all know. And the world has forever changed. During that time... 
people bought a lot more because they were at home, but they right. also learned how to cook. And the workplace, work at home environment is also forever changed. So there's a lot of benefits that happened um, because of that time at home that now we're still building upon. Of course, people are buying services more, right. travels up. Yeah. And that's not unexpected, but it means that in the short term, you're going to see lower furniture sales. But let me ask you, uh, I know we covered 360, but I see partnerships with Four Seasons, with Weston, with Hilton. Now, those are no longer seasonal, right. and they're certainly not have anything to do with COVID other than the fact that people like to travel when they ever have. So that's, yeah. that's great core business for you. Now. Well, that's a business that we're really building, our business-to-business -business, business. And it's funny, we used to always say we want to furnish, you know, improve your life at home. Right. And now it's not just at home. It's anywhere you sit. It's anywhere you sleep. Right. So you, wherever the customer is, you wherever are. they are, and they need furniture, they need product um, that we sell. We want to serve them, and what we're able to do that others aren't is the whole thing. So we're not just going to give you the bedding. We can give you everything um, from the glassware to the bedding to the furniture to the outdoor furniture to the restaurant table, right. and that's been it's just been a rocket ship. We have a great team on it, and we've been designing into it. And we have all these incredible partners. And yes, it's less cyclical. It's more, we hope to say, an annuity. Right. And it's something that we're not, we, we've just begun. Well, with the bankruptcies I've seen, whether it be on the high end, which is, you know, there's been up there, you know, sorry to see uh, Mitchell Gold, Bob Williams go, or Bed Bath & Beyond. You're really the only game in town, and you've been able to do that because of, well, your smarts, but also the leverage of AI and the leverage of the data we have. Fantastic work. So I wanted to thank you, and congratulations on getting the stock all the way back up. Laura Albert is the president and CEO of Williams-Sonoma. It's WSM. We've liked it for a very long time, and let me just reiterate, but I think it's an inexpensive retailer that's really got a lot of momentum. Coming up, this app struck a chord with users. Kramer cuts through the noise with a disruptor you need to know. Next. During our periodic trips out here to San Francisco, we always like to check in on the new wave of innovators, privately held companies that could soon come public. So we know what's coming. Earlier this week, we caught up with a company called Discord. It's a new type of social media company, which is like a network of, I don't know, miracle online-style chat rooms, except with much more functionality, including voice and video. If you're too young to get the AOL reference, Google it, but if you're as old as I am, you have to Discord it. Now, Discord made it all to, made it to number 18. There are 50 disruptors. That's not bad. Number 18, they, are, they started out focused on the gaming industry, but have expanded to all sorts of areas since then. I looked at their fantasy football, one of their rooms. I thought it was pretty smart. Odds are you can find a Discord server devoted to just about anything. They've already got more than 150 million users across 19 million active servers, and they are growing. Back in early 2021, we know Microsoft tried to buy Discord for a whopping $10 billion. Discord decided to stay independent. Now it's often mentioned as an IPO candidate because the listings business is coming back. It's an exciting story. Yesterday, we sat down with Jason Citroen, the founder and CEO of Discord. I want you to take a look at this. Mr. Citroen, welcome to Mad Money. Thanks for having me. All right, so Jason, I got to ask you. It's one of these, I have to do this all the big disruptors. Right? Okay. You're number 18. I initially don't know. And then I go to younger people and I find that they're either using it when I talk to them or can't believe that they've told me over and over again and I didn't remember. So to Jason Citron, I need you to explain to the people out there who don't know what your company does, how it works, how it makes its money and why we should all be on. Yeah. Um, so uh, Discord is uh, a place to talk and have fun with your friends. You can kind of think of it 
like a group chat app, but it's a lot more fun and kind of feels more like a virtual home where you get your friends together. Um, we originally designed it for people who play video games, so you can kind of think including about Including you? Yes, including me. I mean, it, it came from a real personal need. Okay. I spent a lot of time playing games with my friends, and it was a real way um, for me to kind of strengthen my friendships and spend quality time with people in my life. So that's kind of really, you know, that's what our mission's about. Now, um, wait, I'm trying to understand the anonymity versus the... Uh, you can't just go in. You have to reveal who you are, but you don't have to be seen. So that, to me, that's kind of a, a nicer, softer version of Twitter. Hmm. Yeah, Discord is quite different from Twitter. Okay. It's really more about being in a space, we call them servers, with, with your friends. Now, Discord right. does have these kind of large communities where you can go in um, and meet people around your topics or interests that you have, but most of the time, most people... Perhaps like your you know, like your kids, they're they're in a in a in a server with their friends, and it's a place where they're like, you know, doing their fantasy football draft, or they're studying together, or playing video games. So you feel like you're in a room together, even though you're all obviously in disparate places. That's right. Now they don't. Uh, it's free. Yeah. So it, that's terrific. How do you then get people to have a higher tier to pay? Because we well, got to make a living. Your company's worth billions of dollars. So there's got to be you know, some reason why we want to pay a billion dollars for it. Yeah. So we offer a, a, a subscription service that's kind of a premium tier experience. So the base experience is free. You can come in, talk, video chat, voice chat, you know, have fun with your friends for unlimited time, um, and, and the base sort of ad experience is free. If you want to pay us, we have two plans, kind of a $3 and a $10 subscription service that is kind of like um, a membership where you sign up and then you get access to kind of premium experiences. So you can imagine Discord's all about having fun. So if you're a Nitro subscriber, you can show off and customize yourself in a more fun way or get higher quality um, capabilities. Like a big thing that people do on Discord is they um, watch each other play video games or maybe they study together and kind of screen share. And so if you're a Nitro subscriber, you can do that in like ultra high resolution, for example. Are, are people taking up on it? Yeah. We have uh, millions of people who are paying for Nitro. Really? Really healthy trajectory. I'm really excited about Okay, so I know that you were in talks with Microsoft. Obviously, you decided to stay independent. Uh, we know that there's a giant uh, IPO this week called Arm, and it's going to be very successful by all, uh, all the chatter. Does that it, will people come to you? Will like Goldman call you and say, "Listen, you know, we didn't talk to you, haven't talked to you in a while. I mean, maybe you ought to do something." And then Morgan Stanley do that. Next thing you know, you got guys lining up at your door and instead of Jason having fun doing Discord. Now he's got to go around the country and tell people why they should own shares. Well, we're, we're very focused on having fun building our business. Because that, that part I just described is not fun. <laughs> well, I haven't had the privilege to do that yet. Okay. But um, what is really fun is getting to wake up every day and create amazing software for people to talk and have fun with their friends. So we're really focused on that. Um, and Microsoft's been a fantastic partner for us as okay. we've gone on that journey. You know, Discord is available on your Xbox. You can voice chat with your friends, stream games from Xbox to Discord, and, and we're also on PlayStation now, which is really exciting, so you can play games with your friends on any device. Now, you've got that 150 million uh, monthly active users across 19 active communities. That is, again, also growing like your, your paid listings? Mm-hmm. That's right. And where are you, what kind of trajectory? I mean, is it growing so that I might, might be able to say 10% to 15% company annual growth? What's the a, what's a company annual growth rate of? Yeah, well, as a private company, we don't you share those kind of things, but we're really excited about our growth trajectory. You know, Discord, like you mentioned, has over 150 million people that use our service every month to talk and have fun with their friends, and we're all over the world. You know, 70, over 75% of our users are not in the United States. 
Um, and, and, you know, there's over 19 million of these communities that people gather in, mostly smaller spaces with groups of sort of five to 15 friends where they're hanging out and having fun. So how do you try to figure out? Back up. I'm one of the most hated people on Twitter, which I don't really care. OK, it doesn't right. make me happy. All right. Excellent. It's not a bad one. But I also did not necessarily uh, leak intelligence documents. Mm. Uh, someone chose to leak intelligence documents in yours. I don't know. How do you feel about free speech on that kind of issue where it might be the equivalent of yelling fire in a crowded theater, or putting the timetable of troop ships going overseas during war? I mean, mm. how do you combat these things? Do you need to combat them without necessarily losing the, the libertarian feel that I get from what you're talking about, mm. which I like? Mm. Well, we take we take trust and safety on our platform very seriously. About 15% of our workforce is dedicated to making sure that Discord is a safe place for One people. Five. One five. One five. Yeah. That's a for lot people of to, people. Yeah. I mean, it's really important. If you're going to talk and have fun with your friends, you got to be able to, you have to feel safe. It's kind right. of a prerequisite. Imagine you're hanging out. So in other words, if I like complain, there actually is a human, as opposed to when I complain at the other places and be like, no one. Yeah. If you hit report on Discord, something we have happens. a team standing by. Yes, yeah, something happens. We actually, no. we publish a transparency report twice a year. You can go look at all the happenings. But that, that could hurt earnings. We believe. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're a delight. I mean, I feel like I'm both naive and too sophisticated for this one. I've got to tell you, Uh, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go public if I were you. But do you really? I mean, if I look, I guess if someone presses your, you know, twist your arm, maybe you have to. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, we're we're very focused on just building a great business right now. Stay focused. Yeah. Enjoy your life. Don't come public. Okay, there. That's my little. My, All my, right, fair There's enough. my two billion cents. All right. That's Jason Citron. He's the co founder here of Discord. I like the guy. What can I say? I'm going to back into the break. Thank you, Jay. Coming up, the fog is rolling out. It's a Bay Area Booyah lightning round. Next. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Ski? Back to the lightning round. Cameras and lights are with Martha in Florida. Martha. Hi, Jim. I'm okay. calling about a company that I really like and that I use all the time, but the stock price has really gone to the dogs. It's trading below its IPO price of 22 now. What are your thoughts on Chewy? I'm astonished that it's doing this poorly because so many of us use it. Uh, it's just astonishing. And I don't know what to do. Zoetis was down six today. And I didn't even see a negative story there. So the pet, the whole pet uh, combine is in the doghouse. Let's go to Lee in Ohio. Lee. Question about RTX. Down about 25% uh, uh, stunned. stunned. It still only yields 3%. There is now beginning to be a credibility gap between what the company said about the problem with the engines and what's actually happening. And there's going to be a lot of bad blood, I think, between the airlines and the company because uh, the airlines are going to lose some flight time. Uh, no bottom yet. Not yet. Still sells at 15 times earnings. Got to go lower. Let's go to Bill in Massachusetts. Bill. Hello, Jim. Uh, thank Bill. you. Long time, long time listener. First time caller. I wanted to, get your th- wanted to get your thoughts on... St. Joe. I own it. I've liked St. Um, Joe forever. Actually, been down to the properties a couple of times. Almost bought a place down there because uh, it's. I love the Florida Panhandle, so I'm going to say yes to that one. Let's go to Dave in North Carolina. Dave. Booyah, Jim. This is Dave from Raleigh. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank Excellent. you for taking my call. And all my you pleasure. do for the individual investors ah, out there. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. 
Call him today for your take on advanced auto parts. Ticker symbol. You know, I like to buy best of breed. Best of breed is AutoZone, AZO. It has been for the last 10 years. I think that's one you should buy. Michael in Michigan. Michael. Hey, uh, booyah. Well, booyah, I guess, Jimmy. My great genome sequencing stock. I-L-M-N, Illumina. I don't think it's a great company. I think it's a very good technology business with, that is not a great company. Danaher is the one to buy. Travel Trust name, and that one is a... Bye, bye, bye. How about we go to Michael in New York? Michael. Hey, shalom, Jim. Uh, those expensive NVIDIA chips need to be protected and connected. And for that, we have a great New Jersey company, Bell Fuse. Yeah, I know. But, you know, when we talk about uh, the connection there, we tend to be thinking about cadence. Cadence in Stockton, but it's not. It's, it's very expensive. Ron in California. Ron. Hey, Kramer. A great what? big Heineken infused 100 degree desert booyah to you. Well, that's a, that's a kind of a, I don't know, creative booyah. What's going on? <laughs> How you doing? I'm all right. How are you? I'm great, man. Hey, I just wanted to know uh, if Kava is going to be the next uh, Chipotle. Oh, no. hey! By the way, you see they brought back um, the uh, they brought back one of those dick Carnesad. They brought back. I'd rather own Chipotle than Kava. Stick with Chipotle, not with the Kava. And that, ladies and gentlemen, conclusion of the lightning round. Coming up, tech may be the bell of the ball. But are old school tools the right fit to fight inflation? Stick with Kramer. Remember the diminished inflation story? What the heck happened to that? We're at a really tricky moment for the Federal Reserve here and for the economy. We've been all bulled up about the cooling off of inflation, but sometimes the facts don't fit the story. This morning, we got a higher-than-expected consumer price index number, 3.7% inflation, with much of that coming from higher oil prices, although there were some other pesky line items that went up unexpectedly, not part of the bullish Fed narrative. Why does it matter? Because if you want the stock market to keep climbing, the Fed needs to tame inflation, and today's CPI reading... It was not a tame one. I suspect the Fed would like to see at least six months of tame inflation in a row. We had two in a row until today. Now the streak's broken. Maybe Jay Powell can asterisk this one because it's about from the ramp up in crude. Uh, but if we get another elevator reading, it's just going to be ugly. In the end, we need to see companies lower their prices, but they won't ever do that unless they have too much inventory. 3M just spoke today about a slow-growth environment. It seems to have taken people by surprise. The stock plunged almost 6%. Wall Street wants deflation, but we don't want our companies to provide it. Tough needle to thread. We also need to see oil come down because it's starting to seep in the economy. Look at what happened. American Airlines this morning cut its forecast really Brutal, in part because of higher fuel costs. Stock dropped 5.7%. Spirit Air fell a similar amount when it revised its numbers lower. I wonder if we don't have to have another whole round of pain from that group, which is important because the airlines are a great predictor of the broader economy. Now, the Fed could always raise short-term interest rates more aggressively, but, man, mortgage rates are already around 7.5%, which means we're bound to get a buyer strike in housing. Rates go to a certain level, and buyers just say, I'm waiting. Then we get an inventory build, and the home builders have to cut prices. That's been the historic cycle. Maybe it's being repealed, though. 
I'd listen to Lennar's quarterly conference call tomorrow to see if there's a huge bulge of inventory. Or is this is there such a shortage of housing that demand simply won't stop? While the cost of a home isn't reflected in the CPI, they actually took it out a long time ago. The cost of rent is, and that correlates pretty strongly with residential real estate. And after this number, I bet Jay Powell would love to see a total freeze in the housing market to bring the cost of a home down. But uh, I don't know if you can do it. Next, as I said at the top of the show, I keep hoping that artificial intelligence boom will help companies become more productive, which is a euphemistic way of saying they can fire a lot of people and replace them with software. AI means they won't need as many coders, and coders are expensive. However, we're probably not there yet. The real break we need is not the mass rollout of artificial intelligence. It's the end of the artificially high price of oil. Now that American producers have reined in their spending, which was quite a shock, there's no counter to the Saudis taking oil out of the market and the Russians sending their oil to China. It's not what we want, but sadly, the Fed can't do anything about OPEC+. Plus. In the end, the bull won't keep running if the Fed can't get inflation under control. We know Powell's more committed to stopping inflation than stimulating the economy. We just might have to live with the trepidation that inflation will end up being brought down only because some of our companies have too much merchandise on their hands, so they need to sell it at a loss. I still think we're going to beat inflation. I'm still rooting and betting on Powell. But if we get more numbers like we had this morning, it might come mainly at the expense of corporate profits which is not how Wall Street wants things to play out. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere. I promise you I'll find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you tomorrow. Last call starts now. All opinions expressed by Jim Cramer on this podcast are solely Cramer's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by Cramer on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Jim Cramer as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. Cramer's opinions are based upon information he considers reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Mad Money Disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash disclaimer. From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive, AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. 